Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my buddy, Joe Holka, for a conversation on, of course, Twitter threads, some of our favorite life optimization tips. Uh, you know, Joe and I are both kind of kind of passionate about these, give some examples of things we do. Obviously, if uh, if you're not into that, we apologize, whatever, continue to, to feel free listening. And then, of course, we, we got to talk about some wedding planning stuff as well. If you enjoy this show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can subscribe for bonus episodes on patreon.com slash takecast, or you can just tell a friend about the show. That's always useful and helpful as well. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcoming one Mr. Joseph Holka back into the program. I think this is the the third time Joe has been on the show. Obviously, I was uh, on on Joe's YouTube channel every week of the football season last year. Uh, my my good buddy and we are uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some threads. We're gonna talk some life hacks, some things that are very near and dear to Joe and I's heart. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It feels like I haven't seen you in a really long time. Sometimes the football off season can get uh, a little bit long. I don't think I've really even done one podcast since the Super Bowl. So I've been looking forward to this. Uh, obviously, looking forward to chatting about things, uh, I guess, not related to football as well. Um, man, it, it's tough out there on the internet sometimes, man. So you, you got to be able to uh, do a lot of different things in the off season to kind of get your head right. And uh, man, like we're, we're almost still like the major grind, right? So just trying to touch some grass, uh, play a little bit more golf than normal, did some traveling. So I'm about ready to go, man. Oh, dude. I, uh, my touching grass season is over, is over for me. I am, I'm fully just, uh, my eyes are bleeding from looking at best ball drafting screens for, for too long. Like it's like, because when you are, you know, there's, there's many different types of people who play fantasy sports. And some of them are like me to the point to where the summer is actually maybe even more busy than in season. Cause I'm for doing sure. so many more drafts and, uh, yeah. So, so for me, the off season is pretty much over. Um, you know, at, uh, at this point, it is crazy though. Like the, the off season, like I don't really, uh, talk to Reeves that often, you know, do the weekly mm-hmm. show with him, JJ, like all these guys. It, it is kind of funny how different your life is once the football season gets, you ever 
do you ever think like, am I just going to do this forever? Like, is my, is my job just going to revolve around the NFL for, it's like, I don't really have any impetus to want to leave or do anything different, but, but on the same hand, it's like, I don't know, do I see myself being 45 and literally doing the same thing I was doing when I was 20? Would that make me happy? I mean, maybe it would, honestly, it's, it's not as if I don't get satisfaction or joy out of it. It's just, sometimes you get so wrapped up in what your life is that you don't stop to think about, you know, the, the consequences of that 20 years down the line or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Dude, I think about that stuff all the time, honestly. And I, I don't really have any plans to not talk about football or anything like that. Um, but I am like super interested in just like doing new things, right? Like new skills, new endeavors, new businesses. Like it's not really that too much of a surprise. I would imagine for anyone that knows anything that I do that I am super interested in just like the, the gamifying of content, the business behind everything that we're doing. Like that part is fun for me. Like you said, like this time of year is a little bit different than in season. Like this is the time of year where like content is definitely a little bit different. Like you're kind of in customer acquisition mode. And then in the season, I mean, I get to do a little bit more of things that I really want to be doing, like more video content, that sort of thing. But this is the time of year where you're really growing your audience. And um, if you want to continue to kind of take steps up in the industry or like how much you're getting paid in the industry, like these are the times of the, of the year that you really have to take advantage. Yeah, that's definitely true. So the I, I approached Joe with the idea of doing like our absolute key high end, like this is what I uh, proselytize to everyone, life hacks. And I have three and Joe has some. That's going to be the the leading point. But we, when I approached Joe, he was like, we got to talk about the threads, which I'm, I'm I have my own thoughts on. And uh, I this is this is your space. You can you can tell the haters about the threads. Yeah, first off, I don't really care about the haters. I, I think I'm a pretty positive that's, person. That's my uh, boy. Overall. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, anyone that knows me or just understands me as a person, just like I'm just trying to work hard and generally like just want everyone to win. And like, for the record, I, I think that everyone is fully entitled to their their opinions on threads or whatever it may be. Like they're within their rights to share those thoughts and their opinions on the subject. So I, I totally understand that. I mean, I appreciate and understand the opinions of guys like like JJ and Levitan who've been like pretty outspoken about it, which I mean, I totally get that. And I also like, I kind of like the other side of it too, guys like Overzet and and your boy, Brian Hooper. Like I, I mean, they're just, I find that stuff hilarious, right? Like I, you gotta be able to sit back and laugh and take some of the jokes along the way too, if you've made the decision to to try and get involved in, in the thread game, right? But um, I, I just find it a little bit odd that people get so triggered by it. I think that was something I didn't really expect. Uh, I guess people are a little bit protective over their feeds, which is totally fine. I think people don't realize that. I mean, I've been doing threads for like three years. <laughs> like I did DFS threads and strategy threads and all that stuff. Yeah, so and you, really you, would like thread, you would thread the like all the guests for the YouTube show yeah. and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, it is kind of what it is with that. Like it, it is like obviously a different approach um, than a lot of people want to see on their feed. And sure, some of the content isn't that good. Like you guess across like what I'm doing, right? It's not all football stuff. Like obviously me kind of shifting some of my personal brand stuff over to more business type of stuff, personal development type stuff. Like some people didn't like that. And that's totally fine. Honestly, I expected that. I was losing hundreds of followers a day. Trust me, I noticed. Um, and it was one of those things that I kind of wanted to do for myself. And long-term, I wanted to at least have something that was a little bit separated from football and then building up the the football account as it was uh, as well, which is which is totally cool. And honestly, like I think that 
like there's there's two different parts of this, Davis. I, I think that if you're going to be using Twitter, let, let's talk about football because that's what probably most people care about. If you're going to be using Twitter to build your business around sports or around football, around DFS, around betting, whatever it may be, you kind of have to make a decision. And and Overzet kind of phrased this to me in, in a really smart way. I think there's like two sides of it. There's you can kind of be like around the water cooler with your buddies, like the memes, the inside jokes, the laughs. And that's one side of Twitter. And the other side of Twitter is how am I going to basically grow my brand to the point, or I mean, just grow my audience to a point where some of these brands really care what my influence is and how can I bring them? I mean, it all comes back to, I mean, at least right now, like how many first time depositors can you bring X brand? You know what I mean? And the best way to do that is to get new eyes on your content. And it doesn't really help me to be super in the weeds and really just try and capture that super hardcore DFS bros audience. Like all of those people have accounts at the brands that I've worked for. Right. And, so, and they, and they all already subscribe somewhere sure. and they all like their money is, is basically accounted for. And that's a very finite audience. Like, the, and we run into this with like the best ball bros content yeah. all the time. It's like how many people are doing even one best ball draft a day, like sure. 500, a thousand, maybe, but right. how many how many dudes are gonna play in a home league and maybe maybe like uh football guys or yep. something like that like twenty like a hundred thousand maybe two hundred thousand yeah it just totally I mean, it comes down to your goals man like what are you trying to do with your business online right so my content isn't for you Davis it's not for any of like the really hardcore probably uh, fantasy or DFS bros out there like it's for the people that maybe take things a little bit more casually. Like they want to beat their buddies in their office. Like that's kind of the the audience that I'm going for and try and provide as much value as possible and entertainment as well. Like I, that, that's kind of, I'd rather cast a wide net when it comes to this time of the year when I'm in customer acquisition mode. And then as things go, we can get a little bit more in the weeds on the shows like we do. Like that. that's that's my approach and it's worked okay for me. Um, I mean, it's been it's been just kind of like a cool experience to, kind of get back into writing because writing something that I haven't really done a ton of over the last, like even like three or four years, I've been super focused on video and, and, uh, trying to get back to that. I, I found like a really good, uh, I guess I found it to be like a really good thought exercise and I feel a lot more prepared for the season than I have in a really long time. And honestly, like, I, I think that, um, just found a different way to kind of share my work with more people. And honestly, it's just one of those things, like, seems like 99% of the people enjoy it. And the other 1%, get triggered by it, which is, is totally fine. Um, I think from like the trolls perspective of all this, I, I, when people are talking about you negatively on the internet, usually it's, it's good for you and kind of bad for them because they're number one, they're not talking about themselves because either no one cares about them. No one really wants to hear what they have to say. Maybe they just don't have a whole lot of interesting things going on in their own life. So I, I just kind of have at this point, just empathy for some of those people because I mean, maybe they're just kind of like a sad person overall. So I'd just rather take the high road on that sort of thing. And I mean, I have enough friends and I, I think what I've kind of figured out is even in the industry, man, I've got like some really kind of ride or die people that like, they don't really, they're not going to judge me for doing a certain type of content on Twitter. It just seems stupid. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at on that. And I'm just a little bit more focused on trying to do new things right I, i'm just like like i said i enjoy the gamifying of content and trying to i guess get the word out and just like 
do a lot of really fun and cool things with cool people. The the negative stuff, I just don't really pay any attention to it really at all. Or I try to at least, but easier said than done for sure. But oh, for there's sure. just really no upside in that whatsoever. I mean, I, I think you like Pete, Pete in, in communicating to you hit the nail on the head. Like, what do you, or you just want to hang out on Twitter all day? And, like, which is fine, should, by the way, if you want to do that, that's, totally that's, fine. And that's what I do, which yeah. is, it's like, it's fine, but I waste a lot of time doing it. I just, I'm like responding to dumb tweets and like, whatever, you know, like I clearly like, uh, I mean, one thing is like, not everything in your life has to be plus EV. Like, sure. so, like sometimes you can just do things cause it's relaxing or enjoying. Yeah. I don't find like social media as not like just casual as like, uh, very relaxing for sure yeah yeah totally and it's like it's like uh, also twitter is like very famously like a hard medium to monetize like this is actually a thing that's discussed a lot in journalism is like uh if you want to have a big social media following twitter is like the last place you want to do it because people uh expect the content to be free they like click throughs on paywall things are really low you just you just do not generate a ton of revenue from Twitter. And I uh my my perspective would be I would never have like like clearly doing the threads takes a lot of effort and discipline because you gotta do it, you gotta write it. I mean, it's the same thing as writing an article, right? Though the word yeah. count ends up being the same. And I it's not even that I wouldn't do it. Like if I if I if if you were like Davis. I'll write you ten threads. You all you got to do is is click send on them. I'd be like, yeah, probably. But also, it's like I I would never be mad at someone again because first of all, Twitter is not a real place. I think people also lose this in the conversation is they think of Twitter as like going to the bar with their friends and, right. and hanging out or whatever. It's like, well, Twitter is not a real place, and if you are not a part of the people like me who just spend all day there hanging out, tweeting inane bullshit. Uh, like, and, and if you're going to have this social media presence, not using it to generate revenue would be uh, an illogical use of time. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things here that I wanted to make sure we touched on too. Just like, it depends on what stage you're at in like your journey of creating content too, right? Like if you've been doing this for years and you have your built up following and all of that stuff, like maybe you don't even find it necessary to do threads. Like I, I totally get that. Maybe you think it, it does uh, negative things to your brand. I totally get that too. But if you're a kid in college, maybe you got one year of college left and you got 3000 followers on Twitter and you want to take advantage of an opportunity to grow your audience and maybe do this as like your side hustle that could be a full-time job one day. Like we've seen it across every single platform. Like these type of opportunities to get your stuff in front of more eyes, like it doesn't last forever. Right. So, I mean, far be it for me to, I guess, get annoyed at someone that's trying to press an edge. Like we talk about this stuff in DFS all the time. Right. So I mean, I, it's I think literally, it's, it's literally the same thing. Like someone, yeah. someone, uh, you know, posting threads is not doing it because their joy in life is to post on social media. Sure. It's because they're making like a business decision. Yeah. And I mean, just from football, like I can say firsthand that so much of my traffic to my YouTube comes directly from Twitter because that is where a lot of people are hanging out. But the one part of this I do find a little bit irritating is that like some of these same people that are so anti threads have been tweeting out screenshot life that glorifies non realistic ROIs for their DFS site for years. You know what I mean? Like, so I find that a little bit worse than someone that decides to, um, tweet out some free self-help mindset 
advice. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, I, I think it's odd that people get, get triggered by that. And honestly, man, like you'd be, you'd be shocked at the people that were kind of throwing gas on that fire at me personally that have directly asked me for help, like in DMS over the years, which I have done for free in some way or the other. Right. So, um, like I said, man, like, I think one of my favorite quotes like that I always come back to and basically anything in life is like when someone actually shows you who they really are, you should believe them, man. And the people that actually kind of step up as being like your ride or dies, like those are people that you should really value. And like I said, I've got enough friends. I'd rather have more close friends and close acquaintances than just some people online that I thought were my peers that, I mean, I don't really give a shit what they think anyway, right? Like they're not paying my bills. So um, there's really no beef though. Like I don't want people to think there's beef. Like I don't, I just don't care. You know what I mean? Like there, there's plenty of people that I'd be totally cool with in real life and um, online, like they they get triggered. That's fine. I, I think that your life will be a lot better if you start blocking people instead of muting people. I found that out and I just really don't get- Wait, uh, you, do, you, do, anymore. you do block instead of mute? I used to only mute because I didn't want to like, I yeah, don't know, you don't want to give people the satisfaction. You don't want to give people content because blocking someone is giving them content blocking them is giving them content but they also never see your stuff again so they kind of have less to complain about so yeah anyone that's triggered by threads like my advice would be just to start blocking people you won't see their stuff anymore i don't know this is yeah. what it is i won't be offended whatsoever if anyone blocks me i don't really care so my my rule is actually if you don't follow me i will block you sure and if you annoy me and you do follow me i will mute you because mm -hmm. i want i got you got to keep the follower numbers good right yeah, that, so that's so, that's that's my logic. So I think that you know one of the things, obviously, that in people in general are are kind of finicky about the self help stuff, right? Because sure. uh, on one on one hand, uh, I I like that stuff, right? I mean, I'm I'm gonna listen to these. Uh, well, some help self some help help self help stuff. I'm like hate it, right? Like people really like Tim Ferriss or whatever, <laughs> and like I don't know for whatever reason, never never vibed with me. But I know like JJ loves the Tim Ferriss stuff. Kitchen loves the Tim Ferriss stuff. Not for me. Right. And, yeah. and I don't really know why. Maybe I just don't like Tim, like whatever. Uh, but like the, the Huberman lab stuff, like I catnip dude, doesn't even matter what it's about. I'll listen to those episodes, uh, all the way through. And I think that, um, people have a hard time reconciling the fact that like some people who might read these help self-help things are just like not in the space to implement them right whether it be like yeah. they don't they don't spend enough time online they're working to just like whatever and i think like they get uh offended by that right and then the, the cynical viewpoint would be like you know why are you creating these self-help threads for uh you know these upper crust people who get to work from home and live these nice cushy lives anyways which i think it goes a little bit too far because like you can have a nice life and nice things and, and generally like an obstacle free life and like still be unhappy and still struggle and still have sure. poor focus. And, you know, uh, like, you know, I don't know. It just, it feels, it feels like a silly thing to be upset about mostly because uh, if you don't want to view these things, like you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. That, that's, I guess the, the biggest point. And I'm not surprised. I mean, it, there's a very di big difference between like the Huberman stuff and like the personal development stuff. Right. Cause the Huberman yeah. stuff is like all backed by like facts and science. And the, the, and the personal part. development stuff for me does not, does not hit the same. Right. Sure. The stuff that I like in terms of like the personal development side is like stuff that's like a little bit more or like personal growth, I guess a little bit different. It's like stuff that's like more tactical. Like what are like 
different habits and frameworks and things that I can do every day that are going to make me feel better. They're going to make me have less anxiety. They're going to make my body be in a better spot. Like all of those things. Like I'm big on like routines and all that probably comes from like when I was an athlete growing up and I was just like built on routine. So like I find that part of the like personal growth stuff, like super interesting. Like how can I optimize every part of my day so that I'm feeling as good and I'm as productive as possible. Like I like that stuff. Like I, I'm not really into like the, uh, the Tim Ferrissy type of, uh, personal growth stuff either. Like, um, that's a little bit too probably spiritual for me, but I do like the tactical stuff a lot. Yeah. And like some of the tactical stuff, I think part of the reason why it would fall hollow for me is I like, I don't want to view my entire day as like a tactical layout as like a video game where I'm trying to maximize points and the points sure. are like life EV or happiness, which is not to say that that couldn't work for someone else, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit for me, which is why like I do plenty of things that I know are not uh plus EV either money wise or life wise. Right. Cause everything has to be a little bit. And again, like to the point of all of this, it's like you, you, uh, you are the, the creator or you are the chooser of the content you choose to create, right? Like you, yep. no one, no one is force feeding you these things. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I want to talk about like one aspect of some of this though that I, I give a lot of thought to, like in the off season specifically. So it's like kind of like how I think about like skills and going into like new endeavors, whatever it may be. Like this is kind of something that someone brought up to me recently, and it really kind of resonated it's like having good like individual skills like isn't really that useful unless you're like the best in the world but being very good at a lot of different things like makes you a little bit more unique so like just as an example say that like i'm i'm just gonna make up numbers here but i'm like a top 50 percent entrepreneur i'm a top 35 percent podcaster i'm a top 30 percent YouTube optimization type of specialist. I'm also in the top 25% in short form video strategy, uh, but I can also add videos with my own after effects in the top like 20%. Like none of those things are like super high end, but all those things like together, I think like a lot of the success that a lot of people have in our industry, like a very niche area of fantasy football, daily fantasy football betting, whatever it may be. It's kind of just like, if we're in the top 10% of that, yet we have some of these other skills, like I don't really want to be the best at any of those things that I just listed. And I'll never claim to be. I, and same goes for being the best DFS player or the best sports better. I, I don't have any interest in, in being that person, but being um, good enough at all of those things puts me basically in the top 1% easily of all of those skills put together into one creator. You know what I mean? So like individually, these are kind of like large circles of different types of skills for creators, but also like they intersect and it becomes smaller and smaller in terms of like the subset of people that can do like some of like the the combination of things that that I can, you know what I mean? So it's actually like far less rare to be really good at one thing than it is to be like in the top 20% of a bunch of different things that kind of stack on top of one another, right? So like the way I think about new skills is, is what types of things can improve all other things that I'm doing. Right. So for this, like, or for the, I guess last year, I was really focused on video editing and trying to figure out different animations and all that stuff to do myself. And, and this year I really wanted to get better at copywriting just because that's valuable in almost anything that you're doing. Right. And, um, 
that's one of the things that I think that like when you're thinking of what your off season could look like, how it helps everything else, like at least in the business side, um, I think it's really tough to fail once you start stacking those skills on top of one another. Like if you, I mean, if you have any understanding of the business side on top of some of those tactical things that you're, you're learning how to do and you're learning how to do for free on the internet, YouTube, whatever it may be, uh, it's just really, really tough to fail at that point. So that's kind of how I look at everything basically like what other rare skills can i add to this like portfolio of skills that i've developed over the last like 5 to 7 years to like help me make more money and live a more fulfilled life and yeah that that's kind of how i look at it so last season i was focused on certain things this off season i was focused i'm focused on on other things copywriting sales funnels that sort of thing i would say most people probably are just not that methodical like they're just not thinking sure. about it to to that degree at all which is like you know that's that's totally i'm i don't really think about that that's probably uh what does actually give me a skill set that these companies want to hire is that i can do like I'm, not, I'm certainly not the best at projections right i'm nowhere close to leone at projections but i can do you know i do a good job they're out there they're fine yeah. like whatever i'm not going to be the best podcaster of all time but i can do it i can mix my own audio I am not the best guy on TV of all time, but I can do it. You know, yeah. I get out there and I do. And like, I think super valuable. That's probably just like in that's uh, I've never had a real job, so I don't really know. But my guess is that like, if you work at like, I don't know, a marketing company or whatever, if you can kind of just fill in and you're the guy who knows how to fix the printer when it goes on the fritz and like you remember people's coffee orders or whatever, like these are like really small, like latent information things. But I would assume that's true in like all workplaces where if you can kind of just fill in and plug holes or whatever, that's going to be better for you in the long run than being like, you are the best Excel spreadsheet sure. wizard of all time or whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to do these things. It doesn't mean you have to do all these things. Like one thing that I'm really trying to improve on is outsourcing things that are like replaceable skills, like things that like, yeah, I understand how to do at like a, a reasonable level, but they're very time consuming. So I'm going to try and actually outsource more this year just to give myself uh, more time to make just like the research process and my show better in general. And maybe I, I'm not going to be like editing video anymore, but I still understand how I want things to work. And that having that background makes it easier when you're hire, hiring like freelancers and trying to scale different things up like that. But yeah, man, it's, it's all about your goal. It's like anything. It's just all about your goals. If you have certain things that you want to do in football that you're basically already there, like there's, there's other things that maybe wouldn't be as useful to you, but like, I'm just someone that's really not um, ever content, I guess, which I guess is a blessing and a curse in some ways. Yeah. Uh, all right, dude. I think that, I think that is a good, uh, a good conversation on the threads. Are we, are we ready to talk some yeah, life man. hacks? Let's do it. Okay. So I got, I got three things that if someone were to come to me and be like, you know, you're on these podcasts, you talk about these all the time. What, what is something I can actually do in in most people's life and what do you actually do right because there's because i could tell you right if you were like oh what are the best life hacks and i could be like well this is what all the scientists say you should do but I, <laughs> yeah. but I don't actually do this right because i find it too hard there's a mental block i don't create the time for whatever reason but these are the things i actually do first one 10 minutes of sunlight in the morning i wake up in the morning i go outside with my dogs i get a cup of coffee I don't, it doesn't even matter if I'm on my phone, right? Uh, a, a neurobiologist would tell you not to be on your phone. Holka would tell you not to be on your phone. For my purposes, it doesn't matter. You can be on your phone because all that matters for your, there's like literally millions and millions of hours of research on this, the getting light in your eyes. First thing in the morning, 
basically tells your body, okay, we're awake now. And about 15 hours from now, we're going to be asleep. And it's really important. And it's a reason why a lot of people don't get good sleep is because they don't get light in their eyes. First thing in the morning, heart rate above 120 beats per minute for at least 120 minutes a week. You might say there's a, this is impossible. There's no way I could never create that much time. It's pretty easy because walking will get you to like 110. That's honestly, it's fine, right? Yeah. Ideally, ideally, what you would like is you would like to your heart rate to be increased, be sweat, be sweating a little bit, but still breathing through your nose, right? They there and again, there's more research on this. Uh, if you just like Google this, it's called Zone Two Training. But basically, there's a lot of research that basically this prompts your body to get in a really healthy cycle of blood distribution. It's going to help like recover injuries for you. And you don't even need to know any of this. You're just going to feel a lot better. If you mm -hmm. just get this, you can do this walking. I do this doing fantasy drafts. You could walk your dog. You could go out with your kids and go on a walk. Like you can hike. You, you don't got to go to the gym and create 45 minutes a day for this. It's pretty simple. And then, you know, diet is like really tricky, obviously, because people like what they like. And we have this, their food is so complex in American culture because so much of what we eat is so shitty for us. And I eat shitty food all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. But one thing I know I can control, even if my weight isn't where I want it to be, if I don't get to eat all the foods I want all the time, you have to make sacrifices. You go out to dinner. Your partner doesn't like to eat this thing. One thing you can totally control is when you go to the grocery store, just don't buy things that have canola or vegetable oil in them. If you see, or sunflower oil or uh palm oil anything that has oil in it that is not olive oil just don't buy it just don't bring it into yep. your house you can still eat crappy food right you could still eat checks mix and trail mix like you can still eat crappy food you can still be kind of fat but you will you're, you will just you will it will be remarkable to you how much better you will feel if you don't eat vegetable or canola oil and those are all things i actually do those yep. I, those are all things i actually it's not just preaching to the to things i don't actually do yeah, food is one of the tougher ones for me to do so super hard. effectively. Like, I'm not even someone that goes goes to the grocery store. Like, I do HelloFresh for every meal, my fiance and I. So I have that like kind of base that I know I'm at least going to eat those meals every week. And then um, I do intermittent fasting, so that helps a little bit, um, probably with certain things. I also feel sharper in the mornings, like if I'm just um, kind of holding off on that first meal until like noon or one o'clock. Like I haven't eaten today yet. It's like 1230 my time. Um, so I think that's one thing that I, I would definitely do on the food side. I'm really bad about carbs. I love carbs. I, I've been eating pasta. Dude, carbs, um, carbs are, are fine for you. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the demonization of carbs has been done by a diet industry that only cares about getting short-term results for mm -hmm. their clients so that their clients tell people like, your your body needs carbohydrates like being yep. in being in ketosis is actually like long term not a healthy strategy for you yeah i, I want to learn more about that sort of things I, I don't claim to be or i definitely am not any sort of uh, nutritionist or expert in any of that well like my, again my, i guess i should say i guess i should say me either these are <laughs> uh, these are all largely my opinions as informed by uh like meatheads on Instagram and Andrew Huberman. There you go. Yeah, the Huberman stuff's awesome. I like the Huberman stuff as well. Especially, I mean, I, I heard the the same thing about getting light into your eyes. So like a few things that I definitely do every day. Um, I'm in the sauna every day at the same time. It's kind of like one of the things I do um, first. Um, but one of the things that I really prioritize, and this was not easy, 
for me is I don't go on my phone for the first like 90 minutes of being awake. There's a lot of research on like the dopamine that you get from your phone, especially directly after you wake up is like one of the worst things you can do for your body in terms of like anxiety and all that stuff. Uh, So I I basically leave my phone um, basically just in my bathroom for the first hour and a half that I'm up. I also don't drink coffee for the first 90 minutes. I think that's a Huberman thing. Also just delaying. I mean, that's just, that's like a, that's a big, that's a big thing because it, uh, it does disrupt your body's production of Mm. adenosine, which is the chemical that makes you sleepy. Uh, I, I would, I would, tell people to do that. I don't do that myself. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell people that I I do caffeine first thing in the morning. Yeah. So my first coffee is usually when I kind of get sun in my eyes for the first time. Uh, so I I usually start off with like sauna. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you that like a lot of this stuff, like if I miss one of it, it doesn't ruin my day or anything like that. I'll, I'll make that pretty clear, but I also like try and stack a lot of these things on top of one another. I know we talked about this last time. Love habit stacking. uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll meditate in the sauna. Um, I also like I'll try and do like circuit workouts in the sauna because um, I'm really big on and just like the research that I've done personally, it's like actually putting your body through like significant stress and heat and or cold is insanely good for you. Super so. super good for you. I would I if I had the uh, opportunity to do it, I would do like the ice bath, like the the. Yep. It's just like that that gets super cost prohibitive really yep. quick. I don't have an ice bath of the building that I live in. There's a, a lap pool. So I'll usually yeah. kind of go back and forth in the lap pool and the sauna and then kind of do like a little bit like a circuit workout. It's just like as simple as like dips, pushups, abs. Like it's nothing super groundbreaking, but like I kind of messed up my body for a long time growing up, just like lifting super heavy weights when I was um, kind of training that way for a sport. So I do a lot more body weight stuff now. Um and kind of prioritize definitely getting that heart rate up over anything. So I'm with you on that. Um, meditating is something I don't consider myself very good at, uh, but I do try. Um, I use one of those apps or whatever, but what was kind of a game changer for me, I think I sent this to you and Pete was this uh, breathwork app. And it yeah. sounds crazy, but it's like, there's this app, it's called Othership. I have nothing to do with this company, but it's something that really helped me. If you If you can't get into meditating, this is something that I think is is awesome. So it's basically like a guided meditation, but it's based on your breath and it's to music. It's a little bit, it's a little bit out there. And there's some of them that I think are kind of weird, but there's others that I like. It's the one thing I do every day where when I'm done, I feel like chemically different. Like I, I feel a lot more calm and relaxed. And um, it's something that I don't think I could, I could ever give up. So I, I do that um, every single day. Um, I try and do the cold showers, like they say, but I, I don't do that every day for sure. Um, I do. I I tell myself I'm gonna do the cold shower. Yeah. Every day. I I get I get in like once a week. I mean, it sucks. Like let's I, just. I like can do the cold tub before I can do the shower for some reason mentally. It's, it's because really it's me. because the cold tub. Like if 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 my gym had a cold tub, I would just yeah. go get in it when I was done yeah. working out, and I would just hop in and I'd you're three I'd minutes be in pain. But it's like it's like you're used to I think it's it's like a psychological thing because the shower, I think a lot for a lot of us is like relaxing. It's like mm-hmm. you turn you like you're not on your phone. You're just you're just there. It's, you're kind of mellowing out and you're not you're not used to using that as like a self-improvement part of your day. It's like I'm, yep. I'm supposed to be relaxing right now. Yep. And same as you, like I'll, I'll take my dog for a walk in the mornings, like when I'm trying to get that sunlight. I think that's like one of the um, easiest things to do is just like get sunlight in your eyes in, in the morning. So I'm big on that. Like the. So going back to the phone thing, like the craziest thing about the phone, 
like aspect of all that. So like over 70% of people check their phone within 10 minutes of waking up. It might even be higher than that. That's just the number that I found online when I was looking into it. And like, I just find that I actually do feel a lot different on days when I break that, you know what I mean? So like, that's one of the ones that I've tried. I, to make I literally battle with myself in this yeah. in the morning. I'm like, like literally the I rush, have though. the thought. I'm like, don't do it. Don't, yeah. don't check it. Don't, don't look. And then I do. Right. Well, and some, then some people, Go ahead. I do. Yeah. Well, some people will say that like they have fires that they need to check like for work to to, like, okay, like that's even worse. You're going to start your day with something that gives you anxiety like that. That's not good either. You know what I mean? Well, well, what I so for me, what it is right now is I know I'm on the clock in 17 drafts and it's like you're probably not going to time out if you time out in one five dollar draft. Is it is at the end of the world? Like, no, probably not. Um. Like this morning, actually, I, I, it's Wednesday, August 10th. I actually, I didn't check it. I, I got up, I went outside, I, I had my, I had my breakfast. So I was on intermittent fasting. I don't do intermittent fasting anymore. I used to one, I'm not really trying to lose weight right now. I'm, at, I'm trying to lift more weight in the gym. So we're on like the opposite mm-hmm. thing right now. Cause I didn't do that when yeah. I was young. I never, I never, uh, squatted or deadlifted or did Olympic lifts when I was young. I'm kind of doing it for the first time in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And it was really limiting my performance to not have energy when I would go to the gym in the morning. Right. It's like I started to eat breakfast and I had like 10, 20 pounds to all my lifts, like immediately, like, like no, no latency, just immediate. So I do eat, I do eat breakfast now. And it's like, uh, it's like blood sugar wise, it's probably not great, but also it's like, I'm also taxing my muscles in a different way. So I'm fine with that trade off. Were you a breakfast person growing up? Because I wasn't. So I actually think that the no. fasting is a little bit easier for me because I just have never been a big breakfast person. No, I was never. I was never like a big like gotta eat a complete breakfast type person. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even really like food doesn't even taste the same to me in the morning. Like I, it's not like uh, it's totally eating for. F- it's probably the only meal of the day where I eat for fuel instead of uh, like taste, like like pleasure or whatever. Because I love to yeah. eat. Like I have a I have a way over overly calorie surplus diet but in the morning i'm just like whatever i just got to eat this because i got to get some energy yeah i'm more of like a eat to live person during the day but i do really like the social aspect of like going out to dinners it's like something that my fiance and i do all the time so like we'll we'll go out to eat like four or five times a week and this for some people that's a lot but for us like that's like i mean i'm here all day same as you davis like i don't want to be at home all day long and then cook meals and then just stay here so like that's one of the things that we do a lot um what about like the work, like working from home types of habits and hacks for you. Like, it's like one of the things that I've been trying to get better I, at. I, is just I'm like, like the worst mornings. at this. Yeah, but- I, I have, I don't have a good schedule. My workspace is not tidy. Like I, I would not, <laughs> I would not ever begin to tell someone how to do this. Cause like, I, I just don't have the same work from home discipline that lots of people do. Well, I don't, I don't think mine's perfect by any means either, but like, I can say a couple of things that have really helped, especially in the off season. Like I try and, and you'll know this, we've been trying to get this on the books for a while. Right. So like, I'm not scheduling any calls before noon anymore because I, I guess I find I need like those four hours of deep work, like regardless of the rest of my day, I at least know that I accomplished X amount of things and like made some real progress on things that matter. So like that's something for me that that's big, um, that's really helped. And just having that morning to kind of like attack some of those like really important, like um, I call them high impact tasks. So like, I really only have two lists on my entire to-do list. I have like my high impact lists and my low impact lists and low impact stuff is just like stuff you have to get done. The high impact stuff is like 
the most important things that actually move your business forward. And those are the ones that I try and do first thing in the morning when I feel like I'm at my most like focused state for sure. And I used to kind of think this one was a little bit um, unnecessary. I used to just sit down and go, but I find like setting a timer on my phone for like 50 minutes and just like going all in on one task for that, like turn the notifications off everywhere else, do 50 minutes on one thing and then take like a 10 minute break and just do like three blocks of that. If I just like force myself to do three blocks of that in the mornings before noon, so like 50 minutes, three times on one task, if for whatever reason, I feel like I get way more done doing that than if I didn't do that and work for like an extra two or three hours in addition, doing a million things at once. Do you ever feel that way? Like it's hard because I mean, there's so much stuff going on constantly, but that's I, I just like, like, I totally, uh, I totally get it. I totally like whenever, whenever I just serendipitously do happen to sit down and I don't have anything going on, uh, you know, that no one's, no one's texting me, no one's calling me. And I just like, like, it, it, like two weeks ago, I sat down and I got like 15 teams done of NFL projections because yeah. just no one was bothering me. I didn't have anything on my schedule. Uh, I didn't get any at notifications in Slack or anything. Like I just, I just sat down and got it done. I would say that is very far from my experience. In fact, probably I, 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 I mean, I know for a fact I need to do a better job, not trying to do like nine things at once. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's like, you know, again, this is just so much the difference between like knowing better and doing better. Cause like the, the, the Hard. underlying thing of all of this is that we all know we could be doing better at something. Like every person listening to this knows like I could be doing this better and I could start doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know it and you acknowledge it and you just still do the same thing. Right. It's like, I do this, like I'm having this conversation with you and, and I'm like, I could totally streamline my work process. I could be getting yeah more things done more quickly, but it would require a little bit of work to get there. And also, you know, we just hardwire our brains. Um, like our, our, our brains are just very fascinating because we live in a world that has changed so quickly that our literally our, our biochemistry, like the way our brains are wired are not set up for the lives that we live now because evolutionary, totally. we just haven't gotten there. Like maybe in 200 years when, uh, every human alive can't even remember what life was like before uh, the internet. You know, maybe our brains will will have kind of rewired themselves and we'll be able to do more tasks at once without messing each other up. But right now, I mean, we, we are we are just not there, right? Yeah. And uh, it, so it's just kind of like the constant battle of modern life is like, should I do this thing differently? Because my brain... I know I should, but my brain doesn't want me to because it's kind of like a, a scary change and our brains are very resistant to change because it kept us alive for thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, some of those things that you mentioned too, like it can be a little bit overwhelming if you're just like, I need to do all of these things differently. At once, yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you can start to little by little add things and subtract bad things, I, I think that that's um, something that is worthwhile for sure. It's something that, uh, I mean, all this stuff I'm not perfect on either, but like been trying to improve on certain things. Like it's the same as anything. It all stacks on top of one another and really is, is helpful. Like some of this stuff comes up, um, for a reason. Definitely. I think that there's like what you said too, but like our brains aren't wired to like be dealing with all this dopamine and highs and lows constantly. Um, that's something that like we could be looking back on like in 10, 20 years and be like, wow, that is like one of the worst things that we could have done to our bodies. Now we understand it a lot more. 
So like trying to like, like make sure you have resets, um, like pretty frequently just for your brain, I think is like super big. Like I'm trying to golf more this summer than I ever have. Like I've been trying to get more, I used to play golf a lot when I was a kid and then basically just like three or four times a year, the last probably five years. But I played a lot more this year. I went on like a 10 day trip to Costa Rica, went to like a bunch of different places, went up to my girlfriend's cabin for like 14 days in a row in July and didn't really have much internet access at all. Like you come back and you feel so like a lot of the things that you thought were super important super in your important. day to day, don't like, matter you realize all. it just none of that stuff matters, man. So that's kind of how I think about it. And it, that stuff I think is super necessary and maybe wasn't even like three or four years ago as necessary as it is now. Yeah, no, completely. And I mean, you know, dopamine is basically just like our brain's way of creating habits and patterns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get like a reward mechanism, right? And like when you, you have to rewire the reward mechanisms in your brain effectively, you know, it's like, so a lot of the things that my brain is trained to do for reward mechanisms are like not healthy and not good for me. And yeah. re rewiring those and changing those, like it, uh, your 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 body your whole being just doesn't want to do it right it's like it's like i i want to check my phone in the morning and yeah. not doing that is going to give me anxiety because my brain is not getting its normal uh chemical release that it gets on the average morning do you so like from a dfs perspective like i don't really play much dfs besides nfl anymore i, I just like during the summer i like to, to unplug and reset a little bit but what I find crazy during the football season is Peter doesn't look at it. He doesn't sweat at all. Like doesn't look at his phone until the end of the slate. Are you one of those like crazy people? Like I have to watch the entire time, see how I'm doing. So what I do is I pull up one head to head with my mm -hmm. cash game lineup in it. And I just sweat the scores following there. But I normally won't look at like the current winnings page yeah. or check my GPP teams, at least until the 4 PM games start. Yeah. So then I kind of know what I need, but I, I used to be, I also used to be a horrible tilter, just like yeah. a horrible, like just You'd ruin not, your entire day. Yeah. Just ruin my whole, like literally. And if I had a losing Sunday, like my, I'd just be like, well, that week was a waste. I just spent all that time working <laughs> yeah. on these lineups and it just, what, what, a, what a horrible waste of time. And yeah. so I've, I've have gotten a lot better at modifying that behavior. For, for me, like a couple of years ago, like, that was probably when I was playing the most volume too. It was like, oh, like I just lost like basically not even just like that time. I just lost easily a week's worth or like a couple weeks worth of work. You know what I mean? Like in like what I was actually making. So um, yeah, I think once it starts like actually affecting like your day to day, it's probably time to start doing things differently. But I don't have the, the kind of self-control to uh, not check the the currently winnings, that's for sure. But probably not the best thing to to get in the habit of during the season. But man, I, I miss it. I miss like the grind of the football season. And I'll probably say something completely different in like week eight. But I'm ready like to get back to that. Like I am definitely guilty of taking on too many things at once at times, even in the off season, like have way too much going on right now. And a lot of it is like super self-inflicted. So like I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to normal football stuff, normal content, uh, talking to people like you and doing that sort of thing. Cause I enjoy that a lot more than, than this time of the year when it does seem a little bit more of just a grind to me, at least. I mean, it definitely like the, the start of like best ball season and everything feels fun. And we're like getting all these opinions, but like right now it's like every draft I do is the same and I'm just grinding out like six spots of ADP value on Darren Waller and just yeah. like hoping that it, uh, that it, you know, that it ends up uh, being like life-changing money in the yep. end.
Uh, you know, because like being like I, I mean, I do totally view those drafts as an extension of work. Because if I bink one of these tournaments or uh, you know, co-own a team that wins the main event or whatever, like that sets me up as like a content producer for life. Like yeah. that, you know, that it's a which is I really isn't even the way things should work. Like you should kind of be able to tell who's good and who's bad just by like listening to their logic and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. totally not the way it works. Like if you win a tournament, like you're you're set as like a content provider. It's true, man. Like there's people that have made their entire like kind of content business surrounded upon like if they've been a profitable or whatever type of player, right? Like all it takes is like one big win to people there for have like people think that you're super legit. You know what I mean? So it, it's crazy how that works. But there's there's a lot of kind of messed up things about our industry in a lot of ways too. Like it's good and bad from like a creator's perspective. Like we're way behind. Like other, like as I've like kind of like started to spread my wings a little bit in different areas of Twitter and YouTube and whatever it may be like the fantasy world is way behind like normal, like kind of uh, things that are optimal. It's kind of crazy when you think about that. And and it's an opportunity for sure. Because some people out there might think it's like, Oh, it's too saturated. Can't do football content. Can't do DFS content. It's really not true. Like there, there's only like a handful of people that are doing it at like a super, super high level. And there's a million different ways that you can kind of, make this i mean realistically i think it should always kind of start out as like a hobby a side hustle whatever it may be but if you actually want to take it super seriously like there's still tons of opportunities and you don't have to come up the same way that that other people did you know what i mean like there's a million different ways to do it now like there's people that are building their entire businesses off tiktok man it's crazy like i'm as guilty as anyone like i I make tiktoks and i don't think that that content is like super engaging for like stuff that i like to consume but um just grabbing those eyeballs are super important for for what we're doing. So I think that's like what I'm starting to get a little bit burnt out on is making those like 36 second videos where you wait until the end to say what the player's name is so that people watch the whole video. Like it, it's, it's just a little bit, it gets to be a little bit much. Um, I'm looking forward to having like uh, the type of conversations that I have on my show during football, which I think are a lot more fun and later in the week. And it's more talking through like the theory of that, but man, I'm going to tell you what, like that kind of stuff doesn't get any clicks right now whatsoever so i'd rather just be playing golf than doing that kind of content right now yeah yeah i mean playing golf is the playing golf is but you're probably pretty good because you were you were an athlete i i got so discouraged play i played a lot of golf this summer yeah and i just got so discouraged because i just was not getting any better like it just like it got to the point where i was like i'm really not having fun Mm -hmm. doing this because i should be playing and i even had played better like the COVID summer. Cause I just played every day and I had like a couple like amazing rounds. And I just like got to the point where like, I haven't even gone, I haven't even gone to the range. Cause I got, I got lessons, you know, and I did, yep. and I tried to work on my swing and everything. And it's so far away from what I wanted that I just got discouraged. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm just okay at golf. I'm probably like a, a 12 or something like that, but I have a lot of friends that are still playing hockey that they come home for the summer they work out and they golf like every day. So like, it's frustrating to me to play with some of those guys. I mean, I don't see them very often, right? They're not in uh, Minnesota during the year. They're wherever playing. And so like, I see them, we play golf usually. So like those guys, like some of the stuff that they can do because they play every single day, like I will never be at that level. Right. So like, I'm like actually at a reasonable spot for my game right now, being like anywhere from like a 12 to a 10, like that's pretty good for me. Like, I think that there's, there's probably a scenario where I could get down to like, maybe like a six or seven, if I like really, really, like committed to getting better, but like, man, I have some friends that are like pretty, 
close to scratch. And like, that is a complete different level of golf. Like golf would be fun if you just like put the ball wherever you want, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, my, my best friend, my, who the guy who's going to be my best man when I get yeah. married, he, like, we were both kind of the same for a while. Um, you know, like, but, you know, we'd, we'd play around boat, like uh, probably a little bit worse than bogey golf, yeah. you know, and, and we'd lose balls and, you know, neither of us could putt or whatever. And we played three, two or three weekends ago. Now we played three days in a row. Mm-hmm. And I mean, dude, he just kicked my ass up and down because he's really been really been, yeah. And he's just more of a natural athlete than I am. Like, um, so he just is a little bit better. He's got better hand-eye coordination. He's obviously taller and, he just has gotten way better. And then I was just like, dude, fuck you just were, you were 16 over par for two, two days of golf. Like I just, I'm not even close to that. And that was just like, I can't even, I gotta get, I gotta get into the lab before I even get out and play here again. It's just like, it's, it is unbelievable how frustrating golf is. Nothing in my life has ever frustrated me like that. Yeah. And I mean, both of us like super competitive at everything we do. Right. So like, I hate losing. That, that's at the other thing anything. is I'm so competitive that like, yeah. I'll just have a bad time if I start playing, like if yeah. I'm losing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have like gotten into the lab, but like I have a golf simulator at like our building and stuff. So like, if I go to the gym, I usually go hit balls afterwards. Like I guess like force myself to do that. Cause I, I like, I was tired of losing to these guys all the time. Um, still losing to those guys, but losing uh, a little bit closer now. But man, it, it's there's nothing more fun than getting out there and like being with your buddies and like the type of like just the social aspect of golf. I I think is is so underrated and it's something I wish I could do like closer to year round in Minnesota. But I got to take advantage of it in the summers. I want to yeah. hear a little bit more about your wedding stuff, David, because I'm I'm going to be going through this through the next year and the planning and all that. Like you're a week away from like the big day, so. I want to hear a little bit more. Like, what, what what do I need to uh, like look out for? I guess that whole thing, like getting through the engagement and all of that, was like so much stress. Like, I kind of took my foot off the pedal for a little bit, and we haven't really right. done much. But yeah, I'm curious. Like, where's your head at right now? Well, you know, like people ask, like, you know, are you nervous or anything like that? I'm not nervous at all about getting married, but you yeah. are a little bit nervous just about the day going off smoothly right because like if there's just so many moving parts and you got to make you know you got to be here at this time it's like there's just is a lot and it's i i was saying this to um uh i went to go get the rings cleaned yesterday and i was saying this to the to the jewelry person it's like you know you you it's the total opposite of what you and i just talked about in terms of optimization you learn all these skills you learn all these businesses you make all these phone calls you get on all these calls you send all these emails and it's a skill you'll never use again in your life right like mm-hmm. you'll you'll never plan a party of this scale for this purpose ever yeah. again. Hopefully. It's 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 totally it's like to, it's like not a waste of time, but it's like uh, you know, in, in a perfect world, you just have someone do this all for you, basically. Yeah, I think one of the things too that like is really cool about weddings. It's like the only time that like different groups of your world and your life actually are in one spot together, and probably the only time that'll ever happen. So I, I think yes. that like just even for me personally, like I grew up in Arizona till I was 18 also lived in three for in Canada for three years. So I have like some friends from junior hockey and then my college friends. And then like, kind of like my after college friends, like in the city, like it's like four, like very, very different groups of people that I all love individually, but having them all together in one spot will be really cool. I've also like been just, I mean, I'm 32. So I've been to a lot of weddings. A lot of my friends are yeah. are married and kind of having their first kids. Um, but my fiance is five years younger. So a lot of her friends, like this is just getting to be the start of when 
like all the weddings are kind yeah, of picking same, up a same, little bit. Same deal. Yeah. My my wife is it's the she's the first of like her friend group to get married. Yeah. So it, it's kind of weird because I've been through like all the whole wedding thing with all of them. And now I get to go through that with Andrea and her friends. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be cool, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Is there anything like, obviously you want the day to go right, all that. Is there anything that you're super nervous about? Like you, you already went through like the bachelor party and all that stuff, but like, is there like a specific thing that stands out that you're nervous about? Uh, I mean, I just don't want David Kitchen to embarrass me. That's uh, <laughs> that's a big one. Can't can't have Kitchen embarrassing me. No, I mean it's like I think I think your your point is totally accurate, which is like it's going to be the only time in my life that like Drew Dinkmeyer and you know my college friends are like yeah. in the same place. You know, like it's it's like totally it's it's uh, you only get together like that for weddings. There would be there would be no other reason. So I just. Uh, I think like the main thing and, and lots of people have told me this and I'm not there yet, obviously, but it's uh, people tell you like, you know, it's just all goes by so fast. And yeah. you, a lot of people don't even get like a quiet moment with their partner because pretty mm -hmm. much it's like, uh, you know, for our generation, most people do like a, a trolley or like a party bus or whatever to go take pictures and drink yep. and hang out. And like, obviously, that's not quiet. That's like a whole thing. And then the ceremony happens. And like the end of the day, you're just like totally wiped out, you know? So I, I, uh, I just, am I'm making like a mental note to like schedule out, like just like five minutes to go some, go walk around the place or whatever with my, with my wife, because everyone universally, all my friends, everyone who's married has told me that it's like, make sure to do that because like, we didn't really get to do that at ours. Yeah. That's, that's really smart. And I think one of the things that just like, as someone that has been to weddings that I always try and do is like, at some point, like if you see like your buddy that's getting married just be like hey man like everyone's having a great time like take a breath oh like it's, yeah like, you know what i mean anyone, like, anyone coming to my wedding are people having fun yeah tell me that even if you're not lie to me lie yeah. to me and tell me you're having a good time that is uh that's a great point i mean i don't know that's a pretty good group of guys man dink and like i mean i mean we know that kitchen's never had a bad day in his life you know what i mean no, so he, he's, he, he's, he's always about living a little yeah no it's gonna be it's gonna be great i'm very uh very excited um no one no one coming don't post any pictures on twitter i my my number one my i i was telling someone this the other day too i was like my uh my number one job in life would be to be like an instagram influencer like if i could choose a job for myself that would totally be it oh, but God, that'd be the last thing i choose but this is why i would never do it and why i would never pursue it because i don't want to share any details of my personal life with with people on the internet i have zero and i don't want them to know anything about my my house my kids yeah. my just not i just don't i don't want it um so it's like uh but that so that's been an interesting element of all of this is it's like, it's, it's like vlogging dude like i like the idea of it i like some of the videos that i think it's like oh like that's like really cool that, that person just like makes videos of their life every day but actually would i ever tactically do that or want to do that absolutely not you know what i mean like there's no way i could ever do that sort of thing yeah but yeah um how uh how was your engagement and all that? I've never heard you talk about it before. I'm curious how it went. Like what was like it was, what was your it plan? Was very, Were you nervous? It was, it was very in? it was very low key. I was very nervous. Um so like I didn't want to make a big deal of it. I didn't want to throw a big party. My partner doesn't really like surprises. So it was it was super low key. It was it was at our it was at our house. Her mom and her her sisters were there and I used our dogs, but it wasn't it wasn't like a a big like nothing nothing like what yours was right not even not even close right um yeah. which is which is the way which is the way i wanted it i figured one good big uh wedding party was enough 
you know and and it's like if i could do it over again would you know what i do it, it was kind of just one of those things where it was like i got the ring and it just was burning a hole in my yeah. pocket you know what i mean yeah man honestly like everyone that i told what i was doing like they all told me that I was a moron and that something was going to go wrong and that it was all going to blow up and that I was going to really regret it. Um, I think I told this story on my show, but I'll, I'll say it again just for people who haven't heard it. Uh, so I ended up obviously proposing at the Vikings game uh, to my fiance on the field. But what was crazy was it all got canceled the night before because the mascot of the Vikings got COVID on Christmas Eve. So I get a text from like the Vikings entertainment or whatever. They're like, Hey, um, is, can we please move this to January 8th? And I'm like, no, like I flew my mom in from Arizona. Like my best friend was there. Right. Like her whole family right. was me at the game. Uh, it was against the, like the Rams is an awesome game. But, uh, so I was like, not really. Can we do it anywhere? Like, it doesn't have to be on the field. I don't care. Can it be anywhere? They're like, all right, we'll get back to you. Cause apparently if the mascot in the NFL gets COVID, it's like an instant 12 days. No one can be in the suit. Like you can't even like put someone else in. Can't even put someone in the suit. Yeah. So I'm just like panicking. Obviously, it ruined my entire Christmas Eve. And then the next day, I didn't even hear back until Christmas Day. And they're like, um, yeah. So we talked to Michelle and her people, and they don't want to do it unless it's with the mascots. They had this whole plan uh to like give out roses and the bachelorette was gonna give um basically all the girls in the line arose except for my fiance, Andrea. And then she was going to be like surprised. She didn't get a rose turn around. I was there. Um, so they're like, yeah, she won't do it unless there's a mascot. We're still working on it. Like whatever. So at like, probably this is supposed to happen the day after Christmas. So like 1030 at night, I get a call from Andrea's coach and she's like, Hey, we found a new costume. And we're going to train someone in in the morning to be the mascot if you want to just do the original plan. That was just like, thank God. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, like we're working until kickoff like every week. Right. So it was a it was a noon kickoff or 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. And they're like, yeah, we need you here uh, two hours before the game just to make sure everything's set and we can hide you away um, like below and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to pull that off? Because there was like 15 like members of Andrea's family and my friends and family that were like at our place before the game. Cause we just, we live pretty close to the stadium. We we're just going to walk over. So I had to figure out like an excuse to walk over two hours early. And like, I go to a decent amount of games and normally like I'm there right at kickoff, right? Like I walk over at like, right after like we finish all the shows and noon, I walk over, I'm there like right when it's starting. So I had to basically just like come up with some excuse to leave two hours early. And then I basically sat there by myself through the whole first quarter. And, um, Basically, they they had this little tiny security guard come up to me like, all right, we're going to walk you out and you're going to walk behind her so that no one sees you. I was like her. She was like five, two. I'm like, she's not hiding anyone, basically, as we're walking out there. So they got like a new giant security guard. So he went out there, peeled off and it all went out well. But like kind of what you're saying earlier, how you're not nervous to get married. I wasn't nervous for the engagement at all. I was nervous that something was going to go wrong leading up to it. So when I actually got in the field, I mean, I wasn't nervous at all. I was just like relieved like thank god like it's actually happening right. and then just kind of blacked out from there but yeah it was cool man the videos and stuff will be something that'll be really cool to, like look back on yeah it's all it's all really cool also like i had been with my partner for a long time so it's kind of one How of long? those things like five years five um, years for me too yeah so it was kind of just like 
you know, like obviously we're going to get married. Like you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not sweating that she's going to say no or whatever, which like, you know, kind of makes it like its own, its own thing. Yeah. Part of it too, I guess I, I've been engaged before, before this. And I promised myself that this, this time around, I was going to do it bigger and better. So that was like right. part of the reason too, that I wanted to kind of make it a, a whole big thing. So yeah, man, it, it was, uh, I got a year to get everything in order, man. So I'm kind of jealous in some ways that you, uh, you're on the final stretch here, man. You're at the goal line, basically. My my big take is I will never get married again. I will never do this. I will never do this again. I will never yeah. uh, do all this planning and stuff. I just because I'm just not a very organized type guy. So having to be so organized and check so many things off of a list is is not super ideal for me. Yeah, fair enough, man. So uh, I guess we're already we're already in the thick of things before before football. So like, are you like one of those people that's just like? huddled in your kind of hole for like the next like six seven months or do you go anywhere during the season like last year i ended up uh going to a couple games like went to uh the game where uh brady's return to foxborough which was really cool i went and saw uh bucks bills in tampa which is really cool because i've never really like been to a lot of other stadiums so um, yeah. I, tr I try and do like a couple trips a year. It sucks for content to try and get stuff done um, leading up to that. And then do like a live stream on the road is, is not fun. But like, I actually found like that was very fun to like see a different atmosphere. So like you do anything during the year, you just like, you're just in it. In, in your Dude, I, I fucking work yeah. is because that to me, the trade-off is in the off season, I kind of just do whatever I want. I mean, not sure. so much this year because I had so much like stuff to take care of. But like most of the time it's like, oh, you want to go on a vacation in March? Like whatever. Yeah, you'll go and do. Although I do TV now, which has changed my availability. Like when I was just like articles and projections and podcasts, I could do it a little yeah. bit differently. So that that has kind of changed up, uh, like just being able to work from anywhere or whatever. But right. uh, no, I will be I will be locked in. I I I. Uh, I, I, at last season, I really wanted to go to Chiefs Cowboys. Yeah. And I, it didn't end up, didn't, it just didn't end up working out. Like I didn't end up going. And I'm super glad I didn't go because it ended up being like the, I think it what was it, 17 14. It was like awful. So. No one had a good fantasy. The total was like 62 and it, it ended up just being absolutely horrible. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't go, but I will, I will go to at least one Chiefs game this year, I'm sure. Dude, I, I went to the freaking uh, Patriots game where there was like nine total points scored, man. Like it was miserable, but it, it, it just rained on us the entire time. All that. Like I'm actually like a super, I don't really talk about like my Cardinals fandom very often, but I've actually never seen a game in Cardinal Stadium because when I was growing up, like during football season, like that's always when I was like on the road for hockey. So I've never been to a Cardinals game in Arizona. So at some point I definitely want to do that, um, which would be really cool. The Vikings are in London this year. So like that, that's like something I would love to do, but like probably like can't make it work obviously with everything they've going on, but that would be, that'd be really cool to go to like a London game one day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to do a London trip and go see like some soccer games and everything. Actually, some of my buddies went right before the pandemic like the the winter before the pandemic they went and did like the 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 european trip and saw like some champions leagues game and stuff and i didn't go and and yeah. obviously that's a that's a big regret now yeah for sure have you Tough been scenes. to any like really cool places like i guess outside the country like i've lived in canada but outside of that but like this costa rica trip this summer was like really big for me i'd never been somewhere like that before like there's very there there's parts of it where it feels 
like almost like Mexico and it's normal and the beaches and all that stuff. And it's touristy, but there's also part of it like very close by. It's like, Oh, this is like a third world country in many ways, like the poverty level at this area. And then like blocks away where there's like Tom Cruise's house. It's like surprisingly like really close together. Yeah. So I, this is the, my honeymoon will be the first time that I go out going? of the country. Yeah. Uh, Jamaica. Oh, yeah. Cool. Re- resort in Jamaica. So that'll be, that'll be a cool experience. Um, are you guys like hope- doing stuff or are you relaxing? Cause like there's, there's Nothing, very dude. different ways to do we it. We are Nothing. we are relaxing, straight bro. chilling. Yeah, because nice. you know both of us have been you know planning this and and working, and we just we uh, we just bought this house and have been like pretty you know just grinding that. So it's uh it's been a, it's been all things. So I think we are very much looking forward to just chilling by the pool for like ten hours a day. Nice man. Well, well deserved. I'm pumped for you. Like just yeah. to get out of there and, and relax. Like that's going to be a, a nice little relief. I'm sure just to, to go somewhere right after. I think you have to do it that way. Do your do it right after the wedding. I, like, yeah, some people have said, sure. so other people have said like, Oh, you know, we did it like a month later. It's like, no dude, I want this to be a chapter in my life. And we do that chapter. And then the honeymoon is the interlude. And then it's a new chapter. Like, I don't want it because it gets, it feels like it's still like hanging over you. You know Ge- what I mean? Gearing up for the honeymoon months later. Like, I understand that there's certain times that you can't do it right after. I get that. But to me, optimal has to be right after to me. Like, it has to be. Just totally. To yeah. yeah. That's, that's totally, celebration. that's totally where I was at. Yeah. All right. I got to get out of here and go do this whole cast. Tell the people where to find the Joe Holka show, where they can find all of their threads on how to, uh, on how to make their lives better. And, uh, we will, we'll hop on out of here, bud. Yeah. So the YouTube is, uh, youtube.com slash Joe Holka. That's where like the main show, like kind of like my cornerstone content during the year is all there. Um, if you're interested in my football stuff on Twitter, it's at the Joe Holka show. Now all my non-football stuff is at Joe Holka. So if you follow me at Joe Holka and you don't want to see stuff that is, not football related, uh, toss me a block. I won't feel bad. And, uh, we'll just move on from there. I'm I'm on every platform, man. I'm easy to find just, just, uh, yeah. Moral of the story. Like, uh, just block. I'm not going to be upset. Like we could still be buddies and have beers. Like it's really not that big a deal. All right. There we go. Everyone, the Joe Holka show, Joe Holka. And, uh, we'll be, uh, there, there was not going to be an episode next week. I will, I will not be here. I meant to get one pre-recorded. Didn't end up happening. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, So I'll be back two weeks from now. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.